Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Scott Young uh, with Optrix Engineering, and this is another edition of the Optrix Insider. And with me, of course, I have Sean Sturby, our Technical Services Manager. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. All right, we have four topics to cover today. First one is, which is bigger, 26 million or 8.4 billion? Next one is open redirects. And then we have Akamai, another CDN, our content distribution network has an outage. And for fun, a PoE power over ethernet powered can of spam. That should be interesting. <laughs> Always fun to finish off on something I'm assuming gonna be humorous, but I guess we will find out. All right, which is bigger, Sean, 26 million or 8.4 billion? Yeah, so there's been two recent uh, notifications about passwords. The 8.4 billion one was called Rock U 2021, uh, and it's claiming that it's a password list of 8.4 billion different passwords. Uh, the other is that uh, hackers stole 26 million user login credentials for sites like Amazon, Google, Facebook. Uh, now, you would think that the 8.4 billion would be the bigger number, but we'll talk about the 26 million first. 26 million credentials. So some hackers implanted malware on about three and a half million computers. And over the past three years, use that software to steal in aggregate 1.2 terabytes of personal information. That's a lot of data. Uh, they were looking for very specific things. And uh, NordLocker has a wonderful analysis of that information that they were looking for. And so they do have 26 million legitimate user login credentials for those sites. So expect that information to be available on uh, Troy Hunt's site, Have I Been Pawned? Now that's where the 8.4 billion records uh, list comes from. Uh, Troy Hunt has reported that the Rock U2021 password list is not actually a list of breached passwords. In fact, it's not even a list of passwords per se. It's just a list of words, 8.4 billion words that somebody has scraped off the internet. Uh, sites like Wikipedia and uh, the Gutenberg Press sites that have just huge amounts of texts. Uh, that's all they did was they took and built a huge text file. Now you could turn around and say that it's possible somebody has used one of these words as a password. So in theory, it could have been used as somebody's password. Troy Hunt humorously said, uh, I feel like I should take this 8.4 billion words, run them through a simple little script to add one at the end of them, and turn around and, and put the two of them together and say, I've got 16.8 billion passwords. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So this one was more that somebody was trying to get some press. Right. What's the biggest number you've heard of as far as number of passwords stolen? It's not... Uh, I haven't heard of 8.4 billion before. And I think Troy has on his website got some statistics on the total number of passwords that he's got uh, information on. But uh, this one was a, a non-news story or uh, what's the term for it? Fake news? Fake news. Nothing burger. Yes. Now let's talk about uh, passwords for a second or just review. And, and I'm sure we've talked about this before. In terms of best practices, obviously change your passwords. Uh, 
don't use the same password. Right. People tend to reuse. So, you know, if I've logged into Facebook and my banking site and LinkedIn and my office Microsoft 365 account, and I've used the same email address and password on all of those sites, if any one of them gets compromised, then the hackers will just go, oh, let's try this username and password combination elsewhere at hundreds of other sites. And if I've used the same password repeatedly, then now they have the my password to use on those other sites. Right. So that's the first thing. Uh, a good long password. Now, uh, a lot of people, if the site supports it, are going to use what's called two-factor authentication. So you will sign in, you'll put in your user account, you'll put in your password, and then it'll say, okay, to verify that it really is you, they'll send you a, an email or a text message with a code, right. or they'll ask for uh, something like a, a code from a two-factor authentication app. Google has one, a bunch of others, where every minute it gives you a new code. Right. So it's who you are, something you know, and something you have is two-factor authentication. Uh, I know I, I've got uh, some sites that don't allow me to use two-factor authentication, but they do allow you to have a username of up to 16 characters and a password of up to 64 characters. So I use a password manager and my user account on that site has nothing to do with me as a person. It is a 16 character random string. So I couldn't necessarily use your name. You could actually, that's a good point. Most uh, people will assume that, oh, I, I should put my company name, organization name, role name, but it, it doesn't have to be. Nope. And then the password that, uh, I didn't go quite 64 characters. I went 61 characters long, but it saved in my password manager. So I don't actually have to remember 63 characters or 61 characters. I can just use my password manager to copy and paste it in when needed. As far as password managers are, I know we've mentioned there's a free one, PSAFE. Uh, Manage Engine has Password Manager Pro. Uh, there's one RoboForm. There's lots of different options, but we can certainly include uh, links to those in the show notes. Okay. Anything else on that? Uh, the other thing that I've been recommending is when it comes to passwords is that they always ask you for some security questions. What was your mother's maiden name? What was uh, your first pet's name, those kinds of things. Well, the, it, most password managers allow you to have a note section so you can keep notes about the question that was asked and the answer you gave. And just because it says, you know, uh, what was your first or teacher's first name? You don't have to say Sally. Right. You can say... Uh, Exclamation red mark. Chili yeah, red chili or pepper. Or, yeah, exclamation mark for lowercase n. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be the real answer to the real question. You just have to document it and keep track of it and make sure you have a backup of your password manager. Right. No, I think those are all good points. It, it's a bit of work, but uh, it, it'll certainly save you some grief down the road. Yes. Good. Okay, let's move on to 
our next topic, which is open redirects. Yeah, so the Internet Storm Center did a diary post on this here. And they're reporting that the those people that fish you send you an email and claim to be somebody else. They have found them and they're abusing it in droves. Uh, so they gave an example of it where you go to what you think is a Google Meet URL, but because there is the ability to redirect, the destination goes to wherever that fisher wants you to go. So you think you're going to a Google Meet site, and in reality, you're going to a site that looks like a Google Meet login page, but in reality, they are trying to steal your passwords. So just be on the aware of it. What, what, all right, if I'm hearing this correctly then, is if you legitimately set up a Google Meet meeting and you send a link, what you could do within the Google Meet panel is say, in, um, instead of going to Google Meet, whatever that link is, redirect them to this other page. So what the, if somebody receives an email with a legitimate Google Meet link, that link could actually redirect them to something that looks like a Google Meet page. It doesn't even have to be that somebody has created a legitimate Google meeting. It's they are abusing the Google Meet web page to redirect you to the URL of their choice. So they gave an example. In this case, uh, Internet Storm Center said, here's here's a link, and it starts out meet.google.com, link redirect, and then the destination. Hmm. And the destination, in this case, they pointed to uh, the mitre.org common vulnerability and ex uh, exposure database. But you know, if you look at that, especially on a smartphone or a cell phone, and you just see meet.google.com, you think you're, it's a Google Meet link and it looks like a calendar link. So you click on it, you're expecting it to be more details about an online meeting. And then it prompts you, oh, to actually see this information, please provide your Google username and password. But where you're not actually on Google's site at that point, you're on the Fisher's site that is impersonating Google's. Wow, that's sneaky. Mm -hmm. This underscores why only click on links you were expecting, especially now with the Google Meet. If, if your friend or colleague said, I'm going to send you a Google Meet link and you're expecting it, that's one thing. But I guess a big red flag is if you just receive a random Google Meet link or any link that you're not expecting and it's not from somebody you trust, then uh, ignore it. Yes, and there will combine it with the typical phishing. Uh, you know, maybe you, you receive this link accidentally. You know, maybe they mistyped your path, your uh, username or your email address, and really this uh, Google Meet for the COVID nineteen response twenty twenty one panel is what you think you're clicking on. There's some sense of urgency. There is some sense of interest. Oh, I shouldn't have gotten this. What is it really about? And you can see more details. Maybe I'll get the prime minister's uh, email, real email address. Well, one thing I'd like to point out, since we're talking about phishing emails, is I've seen uh, lately quite a few texts, um, random texts that I could see some people clicking them. I, I haven't, but uh, they mainly pertain to shipments that you're not aware of, uh, brokerage fees. And then uh, there was one that came in saying I got a refund for a specific amount of money that I wasn't expecting. Click here to, to 
to claim your refund or whatever. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. careful, don't click on that stuff. Nope. Okay, let's move on. Akamai, another content delivery network similar to Cloudflare and Fastly had an outage recently. Yeah, we had talked about those last time and uh, Akamai reported that about 500 customers were on a particular uh, Prolexic DDoS service and that uh, a routing table on that particular device value was exceeded inadvertently. So at that point, the service uh, was down for those 500 customers. Thankfully, uh, Akamai has the technology in place that the vast majority of those customers were automatically redirected within minutes. And then the, there was an alert generated so that they took a look at it and were able to manually migrate the remaining customers off of it within a few minutes. And it was resolved within about an hour. But it just highlights that uh, you know, it doesn't matter which content delivery network you use, there's always going to be an outage. The internet is not 100%. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Now let's finish off with our final one, which is something more fun. I, I've seen the picture, but I don't know anything about it. So let's talk about the PoE powered can of spam. Okay, I will try and share my screen. And there it is. So this was a fun one. Uh, Daniel Hepper had the idea of running something called Pie Hole. I've talked about it in the office before, but it's basically, it's a piece of software that you can run on even your home network because it's free. And it just provides a local DNS service that when provided with a query, will first compare it with a list that they contain on this little mini computer. And if it's on one of these large lists, you know, a couple of million different URLs, the uh, pie hole, the software, acts as a DNS black hole and says, nope, you're not going to escape and you're not going to get to this URL. Uh, what he was able to do is he was able to reuse this uh, can as the, care, uh, the case for a single board computer. And that wasn't a Raspberry Pi, but it was a similar idea. And as you can see in the second picture here, it only requires one single ethernet cable. That cable is providing it power and is also the network connection. So this is just a little, uh, it looks very cute. You got lots of comments on how interesting it was, but basically he's protecting his home network from ad spam for the most part using Pi-hole, a piece of free software, all crammed into this tiny little repurposed can. And he didn't even have to open the can from the top. As you can see, he was able to open it from the back, but he did warn people that if you're going to do it yourself, make sure that when you're uh, dremeling the can open to make sure that there's lots of plastic down, otherwise you're going to get uh, burnt metal and gray goo splattered everywhere. Yeah, I was going to say that could be kind of messy. Now, just to explain that there, this is actually a computer inside the spam, which is probably like a Raspberry Pi. 
yeah, he used a different uh, board, but same idea, a single board computer, a tiny little Linux operating system running a very specific dedicated task. And with the correct setup, it can protect the home networks. I've used it at home. Various other ones have uh, reported that they use it a lot on their home networks. And it's just nice that you can see that uh, mainly the ad networks, approximately 20% of the uh, links on the pages that I go to from home are being blocked and it speeds up my internet access or the perception of my internet access. Yeah, in terms of what the pie hole uh, does is just to further explain it is there's some browsers where you can put ad blocker extensions on that'll just block those ads. Um, but this also, this, which you can still do and that just cuts down on the number of, uh, if you want to call them sessions that each website you visit run in the background. It's amazing if you actually spent time to look at it, that if you went to a page in the background, could be running a lot of different things. I, I use a browser called Brave at home, which kind of has shields up and it blocks a lot of that stuff automatically. And the whole goal is to speed up your internet connection just because you're not allowing as many things running at the same time. Uh, Piehold does something similar. And I remember you when you first, uh, and this is, I should, sorry, finish my thought. Piehole is a piece of software, acts like a hardware, and it does similar. Basically. Does it at the network level? The, the, yeah. It does, does it, it for everybody? Network. Right. Now, I remember when you first implemented it, you showed us some results, and maybe I think you said you reduced your traffic by twenty percent or something like that. Correct. Yes. Did you notice that your your browser speed, how things, how quickly things came up, was that significantly faster or noticeable anyways? It was noticeably faster. The only downside is that uh, if you go and you're searching for something and there is an ad as one of the first search results, you can't click on the ad because of course ads are all blocked. Right. So it'll just say, oh, I can't get there from here, which means that you're not being tracked, which is good. But it does mean that you just have to be aware that you can't click on any link that says this is an ad because you're blocking all of those ad networks. Right. Interesting. Okay. Thank you for all that. To uh, if uh, bleh, I'm getting a little tongue tied today. It's Monday. <laughs> uh, we'll clear it up in editing. Yeah. No, we'll just leave it in. Uh, but uh, anything else you wanted to discuss, Sean, or? No, that was it. It was just, I, I really thought that the uh, pie hole running in a can of spam to stop spam ads was a cute idea. Yeah, but it can be messy if you, this is something that you want to create yourself. But it looks good, actually. I like it. The four topics today, thank you, Sean, uh, are, which is bigger, two, uh, 26 million or 8.4 billion. Open redirects uh, with Google Meet, so careful with those. Uh, Akamai, another content delivery network, had an outage. And then finally, we finished off with the PoE-powered can of spam. That was funny. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share, like, and subscribe. We include the show notes uh, on the in YouTube. So for, if you want to check out any of the links, you can certainly do that. And as well as if you're listening to this as a podcast and you'll be able to actually see the can of spam and because you obviously you're hearing it, but not seeing it. Thanks as always, Sean, for all of your insight. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Bye for now. Bye.